If you have your Bible, I would love for you to go to John chapter 16, verse 12 through 13, as I continue this series called Help for 2020. Everybody say help for 2020. John chapter 16, verse 12 through 13. And I'm going to begin reading, and it says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, everybody say he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide, that word guide in the Hebrew actually means direct, he will guide or direct you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will also speak, and he will tell you, watch this, he will tell you things to come. Everybody say this, the Holy Spirit still speaks. The Holy Spirit still speaks. I, I, re I really love this scripture in John 16 because Jesus is saying, hey, I have a lot of things I want to unload right now, but you can't handle them. You guys see that? This is before the day of Pentecost had come when that, that, that breeze came up in the upper room and the Holy Spirit was poured out and they said they all began to speak with other tongues and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people accused them of being drunk. In other words, Jesus was saying, listen, in the natural and the flesh, you can't fully understand what I'm about to unleash, but when I fill you with my Holy Spirit, you're gonna know things that you didn't know before. You're going to understand things that you didn't necessarily understand before. I'm going to illuminate your mind to the things of the Spirit so that you can be smarter than you were. You'll have greater wisdom. You'll have a greater impartation, a greater worldview of what I'm doing. You'll be able to see me at work in ways that you had not seen before. So do you see the transformation there? Amen? So the person who is yet to be filled with the Spirit of God has a lesser understanding of God moving in the earth. That's why there's people who can be in church and sit under teaching. They can, they can hear lots and lots of sermons, but if they do not have the Spirit of God residing on the inside of their hearts, they have limited understanding. Who in here has ever read the Word of God and didn't understand one bit of what it was saying? And you cannot recall what it was saying. Do you see that? But when the Holy Spirit illuminates the scriptures, they want, the things that were once dead now become alive. Amen. This is the difference. And so as I continue this, um, what I call, I guess it's a mini-series. It's not going to be a huge series, but I, the Lord put it on my heart. He put this phrase in my heart, help for 2020. Help uh, was discussed last week about how the Holy Spirit is emphasized or named the helper. Everybody say the helper. Last week, who all was here last week? Can I see a show of hands so I know who I'm talking to? I almost said preaching to. Who I'm talking to. It, the Bible puts emphasis that the Holy Spirit is the helper. In other words, he helps us in all areas of life. We think he just helps us regarding just church things. No, the Holy Spirit is there to equip you for every area of your life, to empower you to walk out a holy lifestyle. Come on, somebody say amen to that. He's there to empower you to even manage your checkbook and even maybe even keep your house clean. I've seen people who can speak in tongues but can't keep a good checkbook. <laughs> Somebody. God is there to help you in every aspect of your life, not just to live moral, but to live upright, to clock in when you're supposed to and clock out when you're supposed to. Right? He's very practical as well. And so I really wanted to talk about uh, this morning as I continue this, not just help for 2020, but direction 
for 2020. Everybody say direction. The title of this specific message this morning is called Direction for the New Decade or Direction for the Decade. Everybody want to say that? Say direction for the decade. As I have thought over the years, I know I'm really young, but I, I have thought back what life was like back in 2000. How many remember Y2K? Was it Y2K? Um, Michael and I, our drummer, we were talking about it this morning. I remember where I was at uh, when that ball dropped. And everybody, their brother, their mother, their cousin, and their aunts thought the world was going to absolutely end. The lights were going to go out. Who all remembers that? It was absolute chaos. I mean, everybody was like bracing themselves. They didn't know if they were going to be raptured or their lights were going to go off or what was going to happen if everybody was just going to die and go to heaven. We had no clue. Do you remember that, Sean? Y2K, it was absolutely historic. And um, I just thought to myself how it seemed just like yesterday. For those of you who are over 30 years old, can all the 50 plus say amen? Amen. (laughs) I don't. And 35 plus, I will say. I'll put myself right in there. But I remember that all too well. And I think about how much has changed since then. But more importantly, I see how fast that has went. In a blink, 20 years has gone by. And, and now I, I recently heard a minister whom I love and I respect. I think he's one of the best communicators uh, in the world. Not necessarily, doesn't, doesn't really mean anything to mention his name. Nonetheless, he, he's been talking about he no longer plans by the year. He plans in decades where he wants to see himself in the next decade. And I thought to myself, well, I better kind of get on board with this type of thinking because just 20 years ago when that ball dropped, when we thought the world was going to end, that was just a blink ago. I was out of school already. I was uh, starting my own business at that time. And I thought how fast 20 years went. And then I thought to myself this morning, and I shared this with Michael, our drummer, we only usually get about four of those. I've I've already used one. If if God blesses you and with good enough health to live till 80, that means I'm through the first quarter of my life. And so when you begin to put things in perspective, years are like nothing compared to decades. And so I wanted to really give us some perspective this morning, not on just how to plan, but how to really get direction for this next decade in your life. If you're going to be effective, if you are going to reach your goals and your dreams, not only that, not according to your own strength, but actually partnering with the Holy Spirit in your life that will enable you in a way to actually walk out what God has put in your life and, and, and set out for you to do and has planned in his own heart for your life. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of thinking I can just write a check and God's going to bless me and my future is going to pop up right in front of me. I'm tired of turning around and shouting in services and not really getting the practical work done and partnering with the Holy Spirit so that I can see come to pass what God has put in my heart and in my life. I hate to rain on anybody's parade. Those of you who are watching live Facebook, I have been in services for 15 years where they say, if you give this amount or if you shout hard enough or if you run around the church three times, next year is going to be your best year. But can I tell you the actual truth? I don't mean to be a burden bearer of bad news, but the, the best years ahead are ahead, but it's only going to come as we partner with the Lord Jesus Christ and we allow the Holy Spirit to partner with us to see every fulfillment of God's promise in his word and for our personal 
lives. I can't think of anybody better to think of than the great story in the Bible than of the children of Israel. The children of Israel had this amazing promise from God. They were going to be the chosen nation, and yet 2,000 years later, they are still dealing with the oppression from God's people. God's people oppressing his own people. And I thought about this great miracle that God did through the hands of Moses. Moses stretches out his rod. They bring him to the edge of the Dead Sea, and they can't see their promise beyond the Dead Sea. Lord, we know you're going to deliver us, but there's this huge mountain in front of us, so to speak, right? Spiritually speaking, there's, a, there's a, a sea in front of us, hundreds, maybe even thousands of feet deep. We can't see beyond our problem. How many of his problems are so big at times that we can't see past it? But God has an answer. So God uses Moses. He says, stretch out your rod and touch the water. We know the story. The Red Sea parts, and they begin their journey into the promised land. However, with all of God's great promises, they refuse to partner properly with God. And a journey that should have taken 11 days ends up being 40 years in the wilderness. I'm sure they jumped and they shouted and said, 2,000 and XYZ or whatever that was, 760 uh, before death. So that would be BC. Uh, I'm going to have my best year and God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He's going to bless me with a wife. He's going to bless me with a husband or he's going to bless me financially with a better job. But can I tell you, they walked around in the wilderness round and around and around, shouted like we shouted, jumped like we jumped, ran around the sanctuary like we oftentimes do. And they declare things and decree things, but they didn't see it come to pass because they refused to partner with God. Look at somebody and say, partner with God. It's critical in our lives to partner with the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's critical that we partner with him because God has a will and he has a plan, but he will not get it done without our partnership, without our co-laborer with him. Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork with the Holy Spirit in your life. And if you weren't here the weeks prior, I'm sorry, you'll have to get last week's. And I, I go into how we oftentimes in services, we put importance on the Father, God the Father. Absolutely. He's the one who set everything in motion. Jesus actually accomplished what the Father set out to do. He died on the cross in our place. He shed his blood. He made the way, but he didn't bring you to the promised land. You see that? He made the way. The Holy Spirit is the one who carries you into the promised land. Do you see that? When we partner with him, he's the one who's still alive and active on earth. Jesse Duplantis, who is one of uh, my favorite, uh, not only communicators, but preachers. He's a preacher. I was going to say pastor, although he does pastor. Uh, he pastors a church, I, I believe it's in um, Louisiana. That's right. And um, he tells about this heavenly vision that he had. And he is literally sucked up into heaven. My wife is laughing because we still watch it to this day. It happened 20 plus years ago, maybe, maybe around 30 years ago, actually. And um, he tells about this experience and he says he's in the throne room and he's having this vision and he's with an angel. And he says he asked the dumbest question while he was in heaven to the angel. He could see God the Father. He couldn't really see his whole you know, being, but he said he could see his pinky and he could see Jesus inside the Father. And then he leans over to this angel and he says, where's the Holy Spirit? 
And the angel leans over to him and says, he's on the earth. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is on the earth. I got, I got news for you. God the Father's in heaven on the throne. And guess who's on his right hand? Jesus. But guess who is the active force, the active power in the earth, partnering with the humanity, continuing the work until Jesus returns. And guess who he uses to fulfill the destiny? You and me. If God's going to use somebody, he's going to use you. Look at somebody and say, get ready for God to use you. Is this okay? Get ready for God to use you. And I want to tell you some practical yet ancient ways and ancient practices. When I say that, I don't mean that in a weird way. What I mean by ancient way is, 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 is I think that there's a, there's a, I see this trend that we're in and how we've grown not only economically over the years and, um, Time is moving really fast, and the pace of life is happening really fast, and we're growing in many, many different areas, but I'm beginning to see a defect. I, I'm beginning to see unless we go backwards, we're not going to move forwards. Do you see that? And sometimes you have to kind of, like I'm seeing people who go to church a lot, but they don't want to pray or read their Bible. I see people who, who say they love Jesus, but they're not committed to his work. And so we got a discrepancy here. And so at some point, we have to take a step back. And I, I don't want to uh, be laborious, but um, I was thinking about uh, f uh, farmery. I think that's a right word to use. Uh, agricultural living. And me and my wife, we love the outdoors. I was, I was talking to her, I think it was yesterday, or was it yesterday? She talked about getting a four-wheeler and going up to the mountains and how much she loves mountains. And I said to her, forgive me, church. Ladies, don't attack me after. I said, how did you used to be so ghetto to be so redneck? <laughs> I thought to myself how country she was, but I feel the same way. I love fishing. I love hiking. Wasn't that hilarious? And I think some other friends of ours were in here and they said the same thing, that they were discussing the same thing this morning. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. But I started thinking to myself that years ago when I was, I don't know, 14, 15, so over a decade and a half ago, um, there wasn't all this talk about cancer and treatments and all of these physical things that we're dealing with. Am I the only one who looks back 20 years ago? Did we still deal with these problems at the same level? I don't think so. So I started thinking about, and people are eating good, eating better than they've ever eaten before, and yet their health is deteriorating. And I started thinking about this, and I want you to think about this with me. Can I go a little longer today? I want to drive this point home. And so, so we're going to have real church. We're going to stay. No, I'm just kidding. 5 p.m. No, I'm kidding. Stay tuned. So I started thinking about all the health issues. I talked to a lot of people. Uh, by the way, lost a really good friend of mine. He was in his 50s, had a heart attack. Looked like he ate really well. He was in shape. And I just, I've been having a hard time with understanding why all of this is happening. It's not God's fault. It's man's fault, right? It's either, either lack of taking care of ourselves or not getting the proper care. But I think even more important than that, we, um, the way food is being created and, and distributed and the hormones that are infused in foods, and, and, and this is contributing to health issues in our lives. And so I started thinking about this. This mass production that's happening, all the hormones that are being added and, and all these things being infused in, 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 in our foods and the, the growth hormones and the injections. And, and so it's, it's coming out into our bodies. It's showing in our health problems. And I, I'm starting to see this same defect, not just physically, but I'm seeing it spiritually. We've got the word of God on our hands like never before. 
We, 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 we have church like never before. I mean, you can go online, stream it anytime, day or night. You can get spiritually fed, but yet we have people who are spiritually sick and dying yet with all these things at our fingertips. And so I started thinking to myself, something has to change here, Lord. And so I started thinking and challenging even my own self. Like I'm going to get back to the old ancient principles, getting back to just basics, Lord, reading the word of God and praying and seeking God's face and crying out to him. Forget all of the foofy stuff and going to these events, event after event, yet people cannot shake their sin problems. Event after event, prayer line after prayer line, and they can't shake sexual addictions. People, we have a problem here. We have to get back to the basic word of God and pursue him passionately, pursue his presence, get into his word. If you got a fast to shake that devil off of your life, come on, somebody say amen then we have to do what we have to do and get back to the old ancient ways. Our way forward in these days is, our, is, is taking a good step back and getting a new perspective. Amen. How many want victory in their lives? And let me give you some practical principles that I believe, and they are very practical. So hopefully the person who just got saved yesterday would be able to understand, but also that person who's been saved for 20 or 30 years can apply these principles back into their lives if somehow they have lost it. Number one, the Holy Spirit still and always will speak through the scriptures. That deserved a better amen than that. You see the spiritualism arising in the church, and we've got a lot of spiritualism, and everybody's acting weird, but yet no power. Right? The scriptures carry power, power to deliver, power to impart, power to give grace. And I love this scripture that validates this, and it's in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16, and it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Everybody say, it's from God. God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete. How many want to be complete? Thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, when you read the word of God, it, it builds your spirit up. It strengthens you to be not just a good minister, but to be a great mom. It says it's given to complete you thoroughly for every good work. Come on. It empowers you to manage your checkbook. It works for every area of life. God's word is a great counselor. It instructs you for every aspect of life. Reading the word daily is not just for the minister. It's for the mom. It's for the janitor. It's for the business owner. Come on. It's for the husband. It's for the wife. It's for the children. It's to equip us for every good work. I'm all cool with skinny jeans, like I said last week. I'm all good for staying trendy. But what we can have to always stay true to and never change. I know that we transition and we go from different clothing lines and all these different things change, the, uh, the different car styles are cool one year and not so cool the next. iPhones, they're, when you buy one, a new one's already being developed. You can't stay up with the time. But one thing should never change and your daily spiritual diet should be reading and devouring the word of God because it strengthens the believer to walk in victory in every area of their life. How many want to walk in victory? Amen. I love what the trans... Passions translation says, it says every scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about this morning, the Holy Spirit, how the believer partners with the Holy Spirit in their life. So it's been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength, come on, to make or to, excuse me, to take the right, what, what are we preaching about? Direction, direction for the decade. 
So the Holy Spirit is our directive for this decade and to lead you into a deeper path of godliness. And listen, here's something you have to know. Here's why reading the scripture is so critical is because the Spirit of God will never contradict something that is pre-written in the Bible, never. Somebody say never. He will never, ever contradict. In other words, I've seen believers thinking that they should marry or that God, God is leading to, to marry someone who's going through a divorce. God will never lead you to do something that is contrary to his word. We're seeing more and more this uprising of people getting more spiritual but less biblical. God will never make you more spiritual if it means you have to become less biblical. We are first biblical. Being biblically sound makes you truly spiritual. We have to stay true to the word of God, not religiously but, or to the letter necessarily, but when you're filled with God's spirit, you read the word of God, you can discern right from wrong. Amen? Acronym for the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. For me, my devotional times are the most precious times to me in my life. I love my wife and I love my children more than anything in the world as far as the natural. But I cannot be a great husband and I can't be a great father unless I'm a student of the word of God because it instructs us. It instructs us how to be there for our kids. They're like arrows in our hands, the Bible says. It instructs me to be a better dad. It, it, it inspires me to live morally. It, it inspires me to, to, to go beyond where I am. It challenges me to be better tomorrow than I was today. It instructs me to be a better person. Nudge somebody a little bit and say, read the word. Read the word. And here's the thing is... I want to be very practical and kind of open my life up. Is that okay? It's not to be prideful, but I want to tell you what my daily routines look like. Usually the first 30 minutes of my morning at least is a devotional time. So if I have to be at work at you know, 8 a.m. in the morning, I'm up an hour early. It's a discipline that I've had for over 15 years, maybe 18 years, and I don't know if I've never not read the Word of God on a certain day. There's only one time that I can ever remember. It's because I was becoming very religious reading the word. I was doing a little bit of praying, but more reading. And I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to get on my face for two days and I'm going to seek you. So I took a trip and long story short, that was the only time I've never read the word. It's called the daily bread because it's meant to be read daily. Everybody say daily. It's meant to be read daily. And I'll say this, and the Lord encouraged me the other day, he said, even when you're reading something that is not giving you a confirmation for something, you're still growing. Yes. Do you see that? So I found that 50% of the time that I might be getting a word for that day or an encouragement or something that I'm dealing with when I'm reading my Charles Stanley devotional. How many know who Charles Stanley is? One of the greatest pastors. He's 80-something years old. I have an old soul, so I listen to older people. Forgive me. And so I, I, as I'm reading these devotionals, most of the time, I would say, at least half the time, I'm getting encouragement for whatever it is I'm facing, whether it's on a job that I'm dealing with something or an employee or something that I'm dealing with in the ministry. I'm being fed some encouragement to keep moving forward. The other 50% of the time, guess what? I don't feel very spiritual. I don't feel very spiritually high. The other 50%, the Lord says this, listen, even when you're not feeling something, you need to read this, son, because it, it's getting you ready for what you will face. You see that? So if you're having a feeling and wanting to do this has nothing, it has little to do with it. Reading it practically grows you spiritually so that when you come across a problem that you would need the strength to face, 
The Bible or even devotional reading or devotional time in prayer will equip you for whatever it is that you might face in the future. Somebody say, you might need it later. And so I take those things and I put them in my back pocket, amen, because you may need it later. And I think about when Jesus was in the wilderness in Luke uh, chapter four, verse four, and it says this, it says, but Jesus answered him saying, he's talking to the devil, talking to Satan. He says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And I want you to think about this. We're talking about direction. Somebody say direction. We're talking about reading the scripture. So, so, so Jesus says to Satan, listen, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now watch this. If Jesus was more spiritual than he was well-versed scripturally, I believe he would have failed in this area. Because listen, in, in of itself, it would not have been evil for Jesus to turn those stones into bread. It may have been a good thing actually for him. He was hungry. He had the gift to do it. I mean, why wouldn't he have done it? Because he was scripturally sound. And so he goes back to the ancient scripture and says, hey, man shall not live by bread alone. In other words, God is doing something in me right now. I can't touch that. I can't do that. And there will be presentations in your own life where Satan will present something that's good, but not God. You see that? He will try to get you to walk in a direction that may not look evil, but it's not God. In other words, God has a will. He has a purpose. He has an end destination for you. He has, a, he has an actual purpose that he needs you to fulfill. And we must be attuned to the Holy Spirit and scripturally versed to know what is of God and what is not. How do we make that practical. Should I take this position because it pays better or should I wait on the Lord to open a greater door that could provide a better moral environment for me to supply for my family so it doesn't hurt my spiritual health? Do you see that? Should I turn these stones into bread? Is it a good thing or is it a God thing? Is it God's will for my life or is this me to just satisfy a temporary need in my life? Somebody say, preach it, white boy. I'm just playing. I knew I would get a laugh out of that. Do I use my God-given ability to, uh, to, to fulfill my own desires, or do I use this time to crucify my own desires and my own agenda until they become subject to God's perfect will in my life so he can use me further and bless me? And not only that, build trust in you. I taught you guys this not that long ago. We talk about, hey, we need to learn to trust God more. We need to learn to trust God more. Do you know that God is looking to see if he can trust you? God is watching you strategically to see if you're ready to go to the next level. We shout about the next level. We give to go to the next level. We run around the church to go to the next level. But are you obedient in the little things to where God can actually promote you and promote me? Somebody say, be faithful. Be trustworthy. Even when the going gets tough. Do I, do I, do I just date or marry because it fulfills a, a physical uh, satisfaction in my personal life? Or do I wait for God to provide my mate, that Boaz in my life? Come on, all the women that are single in the house, say amen. Do, do, do I wait or do I move to another state because life hasn't handed me all that, it, that I want it to? Or do I stay in position? Listen, you can, God will never create a lifestyle that you can bypass the process because every promise of of God in your life comes with a tag that says process. You cannot bypass the process. 
Do I find a different church because I'm not growing here? Or or do we really want to wait on the Lord and say, hey, maybe it's time for me to exercise some of this spiritual weight that I got on and exercise some calories off, spiritually speaking, and put my gift to work because I'm no longer in a season where I need to receive. I'm in a season where I need to give. Turn these stones into bread. Hallelujah. Number two, the still small voice. The Holy Spirit speaks through the still small voice. I'm talking about direction for the decade. The still small voice. Everybody say the still small voice. As I read this at the beginning of the message in John chapter 16, it says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. I want you to watch at the end of this verse what it says. He says, but, excuse me, let me go ahead and read through it. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. In other words, you don't have the Holy Spirit to illuminate what I'm about to say to you, to carry out what I'm about to say. So he says, he will, he, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you or direct you into this decade, right? That's emphasis added by Donnie. I want that to be clear. I don't want to get any emails. He will direct you or guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. Now watch what this verse says, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Who do you think he's going to speak to? Look at somebody and say, you say me, whatever he hears, the Holy spirit, he will tell you things to come. Listen, just because we do not know if God is speaking to us doesn't mean he's not speaking at all. Did you understand? Do you understand that? How many understand that? And most people believe that, that, that God has a will and a purpose for their lives, but they don't believe that he'll speak that specific will to them. What kind of a father would have a design and intent for his creation, yet give them no instructions how to walk it out or to get to their destiny? God is all about communicating to his people so that you know not just what to do, but how to get there step by step. The Holy Spirit speaks. We have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, though. We have to get ourselves in a place where we can actually hear him. It's very, very difficult to speak to people who, when they have any downtime, and I'm not knocking Facebook, I'm not knocking Instagram, and I'm not knocking being online. I had a whole lot of screen time this past week, but you have to carve out time when you are alone with God. This is getting very, very unpopular, and that's why we have a generation who's being risen up who is directionless, is because they're spending no time with the Lord, allowing the Lord time to speak into their lives. Not that long ago, I had one of my most favorite watches. It was an Armani watch. Don't, don't get mad at me. It was purchased for me. I didn't buy it. It was given to me, and I loved this watch. And I was in a service. Um, I was uh, at, an, at another church, and, um, and the Holy Spirit told me to give it away. I said, I rebuke you, devil. I said, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm like, that's a $500 watch. I'm not giving that to nobody. And as the Lord began to minister to my heart over the next five minutes, and um, I felt the Lord tell me, you know, what you give away determines what you will get in return. And he told me it's not mine anyway. I said, okay, Lord, he can have the watch. Have the watch. (laughs) I did it. Come on. You could do the right thing and have a bad spirit about it. Don't act like you wanted to give that each time, God. You know, it's not always. I don't feel great when I write a big check or anything like that. I'm grumbling sometimes, but nonetheless, I did it. So I give him the watch. 
I began to think about this story, I think it was last night or the day before, uh, about this watch. I had this encounter with this watch. And it sounds weird. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in my study, and I've had the watch for a long time. And it got really quiet in the room, and all of a sudden, I started hearing this noise. And I literally started looking around the room. I'm like turning over stuff. I'm like, what is that noise? You know, I'm thinking it's AC, or I'm thinking it's something else. I finally looked down at my watch, and I put my watch up to my ear, and my watch is ticking away. I'm like, it never made that noise before. And then it dawned on me. It's always made that noise. I just never got into a quiet enough place to hear it. And, and, and it's not that God is not speaking in our personal lives. Here's the big question. Are you, putting your, are you giving a big enough break from Facebook, from TV, or from all these other distractions in order to put yourself in a place where the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to you? Come on, a time where there is no emails, or there's no, no surfing of YouTube, or there's no, no all this other stuff going on, or a phone call that you need to make, but it's just you and Jesus. You and the Holy Spirit. These are basic principles. But if we are going to be a direction, purposeful people, we have to get back to some principles that I think we as a church, not just a church, a church as a whole, we've lost intimacy with him. That's how I came up with that name, Ascension. For those of you who don't know, it's not because I wanted to sound like we were a Catholic organization. I have a lot of people say, that sounds like it's Catholic, but really the meaning Ascension is to go higher. Come on, we want to go higher. We don't want to just stay on the same plane. We want to go higher in our relationship with him. We want to actually be people who hear him, not just hear of him. How many are tired of being preached to? How many are ready to be able to hear God for yourself? Well, create an environment that's conducive for the spirit of God to speak to you, and he will speak in his timing. Somebody say in his timing. Yeah. I would love to tell you that Jesus... Is just going to reveal and pull out like a red rug and show you your destiny and your purpose. But here's the truth of the matter. Unless we truly live consecrated lives to a degree, to a degree, I don't mean being hyper spiritual. I don't mean fasting every other day, although if that's on your heart, that's great. But until we truly live lives that are conducive for the spirit of God to move, he generally doesn't move because he is a gentleman. He will not enforce nor impose his will. He waits for you. He waits to spend time with you. I love reading. If you weren't here a couple months ago, I was teaching on going back to the garden where you remember where God would wait for man. He waits in the garden. He waits for that devotional time. He waits for you to speak with him. He waits for you to, to just love on him. And sometimes, you know, I don't even, I don't even ask for requests sometimes. I'm, I just want to love on him. Let's not forget that God has needs too. He has a need to be loved. He created us to love him back in return. And so sometimes we just need to go to him, not, Lord, I need you to help me pay this bill. Lord, help me from punching this person in the face. Come on, y'all don't need to pray those kind of prayers. I still pray them sometimes. Or talk behind their back. Come on, Lord, tame my tongue. Sometimes we need to get beyond those type of, beyond those type of prayers and say, Lord, love you. I love you. I thank you. You are good. You are faithful. You're awesome. We have to create lives that are conducive for him to speak. Number three, I'm going to try to get through this as fast as I can. This is going to sound like an oxymoron because number two says he speaks to the small, still small voice. Everybody say still small voice. Well, number three, 
He speaks through silence. You see how that sounds contradictory? But it's not whatsoever. You say, well, what do you mean? I can understand that part where you say he speaks through the scriptures. That's pretty clear. I understand that he speaks through that still small voice. Um, and I have to say the silent part to God is a very critical part that he, that how he speaks, but it is the most difficult for me personally. Am I the only one who's gone through seasons of life where you're praying and you've lived the right life, but yet God doesn't seem to be speaking? You've given, you've prayed, you've maybe even fasted, but it just doesn't seem that God is getting you any answers. But even in God's silence, he is speaking to you. He's speaking through his silence. You know what God is saying? I'm being silent to provoke you to seek me. God will all, never create a life whereby we don't need him. He only creates lives and is in the business of making lives or creating things whereby we have to seek him. We have to depend on him. And so this is God's way. Silence is God's way of playing hide and seek with you and I. Nudge somebody and say peekaboo. I come up with these little funny things. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm kidding, but I'm trying to give you a little funny way to kind of get in your mind, to imprint in your mind that God is strategically silent. Is he silent due to sin in our lives? Yes, that can be true. But more times than not, when you're praying, when you're seeking God and you know that you're living right and you know that you're qualified for the blessing in your life, when he is silent, it's an invitation for you to come seek him in a deeper way. It's God's way of saying, come on, seek me. Come on, press into me. Come on, I, you need, if you just lean into me and seek me, you're gonna need this leaning into me because once you lean into me, you're gonna receive direction for the next season. And you think about this, when Jesus was around masses and people were pressing him, the Bible says, his disciples were pressing him. Other people who had needs were pressing him, the Bible says. But then there comes along this woman who has an issue of blood. All these other people touching Jesus yet don't extract anything from Jesus. She's the only one who received the miracle from God. It says, the Bible says it, it dried up, right? She was hemorrhaging, but she received her miracle. And Jesus says this, I perceive that power has come out from among me. How did this happen? Why? Because of her faith? That's one element. Here's the other issue. is She leaned into Jesus. She sought Jesus. It was a strategic seeking. And when you lean into him, you receive answers. When we seek him, the Bible says, seek, knock, and ask. And as we press into him, we will receive the direction that we need. But he is speaking through his silence. God also uses his silence to destabilize our belief systems many times. How many have ever gone through a season and then you come out on the other side and you think you got to have God figured out? Am I the only one? Okay, this is how God works. If I pray enough, if I seek him enough, this is how he ultimately works. Or after I go through a hard time and I have this valley experience, then I'm going to go right to the mountaintop experience. And then you go to the next season and you figure out that God is not that way at all. The Bible calls him the many-breasted one. In other words, the way he acts or reveals himself in one season of your life, he will reveal himself right when you think you got him figured out. He will reveal himself in a totally different way. The many-breasted one, the Bible calls him. In other words, he reveals his, his ways about him in many different facets. In other words, when he's feeding you milk, he can be feeding you steak or somebody else chicken or whatever it is. God is the many-faceted one and reveals himself, himself excuse me, in different ways and different ways seasons. Amen? amen? Somebody say amen. amen. The Holy Spirit revealed something to me recently. When you do not receive direction, I want you to listen close. When you do not receive direction in the area where you need direction, 
Just keep doing the last thing he told you to do. When he does, he'll speak when, you, when the turn is coming up. That's when he speaks. Do you get that? I was driving in my GPS the other day. I, drive, I, was, I had my GPS on, excuse me. I was driving, had the GPS on. I don't know about you, but are you one of those ones who constantly check it like to make sure that you're on track? I have found one thing out about Siri and about my GPS. She is quiet as a mouse when I'm on long stretches of road, but as soon as the turn comes up, I wish she would speak sooner. Make a right. And I'm like, I'm going 80 miles an hour, Siri. How are you going to expect me to turn right right now? God will often speak right before the turn. And so don't be discouraged or don't grow weary when you're on the long stretch of road to your destiny. That simply means you're on the right track. If you were in sin or there was something that God needed to deal with in your life, know that he's a trusting, trustworthy father and he will speak at the right time when, it's, when he's ready to turn courses. Amen? And somebody say, lean into him. When he says turn, you lean. When he says turn, you turn with him. Amen? Used to drive my motorcycles. I tried to talk my wife into getting one. She won't. Yeah, he wants me to get one. One thing I found out, if you're on a jet ski or if you're on a motorcycle, if the, pers- if the passenger on there with you does not lean with you, you wipe out. All the white folks say amen. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not getting on no bike. Like, we don't do oceans and we don't do motorcycles. lastly and stan i love you guys i love this church on a serious note as i close the lord truly spoke to me this morning and it may not hit you i pray it does I literally, I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning to study and just meditate on what God has given me for this morning. Um, if you want to live a, uh, a, a life where you hear God, you, you have to be disciplined. You have to be. And so I was up at 4 a.m. I generally try to get up on Sundays at about 4 o'clock in the morning, just not because I have to be here. I'm here about 8 a.m. I like to spend time with him, meditate on his word and He spoke something so clear to me, and I want to share it with you, but before I do, let me give you this point. Number four, the Holy Spirit this year speaks through his servants. Now, before I elaborate on that, I'm going to give you a scripture. It's in 2 Chronicles, and here's why I wept. It's because I couldn't have planned this better, and I started thinking about how many people who have been wounded in the church, wounded by leadership. 20 years ago, we didn't question when somebody took up an offering. We didn't question. You just gave, and you gave everything. How many remember that? You just, you gave. You, you trusted in the motive of the pastor, or you trusted in the motive of the minister. Nothing was held in question. Why they started a ministry, it wasn't for their career. We just figured they're doing this because they love Jesus, and they're all in, and they'd give their life to it. Now we're in this millennial age where we're like, I don't know about him. I don't know about her. Why are they in this thing? We don't know. But listen, there's a defect that, and and I think rightfully so, we've kind of developed some of that, but I think that we've gone in the opposite direction in an unhealthy way. And I'm going to show you what the Holy Spirit showed me. I couldn't have put this together better. It's found in 2 Chronicles 2020. You ready? I thought of this scripture. I didn't know where it was. I knew it was in the Old Testament. 
And as I'm sitting there meditating, I said, Lord, I need a closing scripture to deliver to your people, a word to give to your people on how the Holy Spirit speaks. And this is the verse he spoke to me. So I had to look it up to find where it was and found out it was in Chronicles 2020. And it says this, so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, excuse me, Tekoa. And as they went, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Watch this. Here's the, here's, here's the reason I'm here for this verse. It says, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. I believe we've entered into an age where we have developed this disposition against ministers, many different ministers and pastors and evangelists and prophets and all these different titles. And, 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 and as a result of this disposition in our heart, we wouldn't say it out loud that we don't, we mistrust or, or what have you, but there's been this thing we have in our hearts because we've been wounded so many times that it has actually prohibited us from hearing God through their lives. As I close, I was at this conference recently. I only go to a few here and there throughout the year, and I went to go celebrate New Year's, and I was joking. And as I said this phrase, the Holy Spirit really began to minister to me about it. They put me in this VIP section. I told my friend, I said, listen, the Holy Spirit works in the first row, and he works back there. Same Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter. You can put me anywhere. Anybody? Can somebody say amen to that? We call this the splash section in ministry. That's where people get hands laid on them. And that's where they think that if they get closer, they might get a touch from the minister. But God works back there. He works all over the sanctuary. My God is not limited to seat rows or title seats or VIP seats. And I was glad they gave me a VIP seat. It was great. But the Holy Spirit began to minister to me. He said, there's too many people trying to find a front row as if that's where the touch is. I can touch you from anywhere. And if people would honor me in their hearts and honor my servants, I'll begin to speak to them more clearer in 2020. Hence, 1 Chronicles 2020. So the way the Holy Spirit is going to work this year is through the scriptures. Everybody say the scriptures. He's going to work through the still small voice speaking to you. He's he's going to speak to you through silence, right? He's going to direct you even through his silence. Stay on track, daughter. Stay on track, son. I got you right where I want you. And he's also going to speak through his servants. I believe right now in the times and days that we're living in, not only is America about to be purged, but the church is being purged. The Bible says judgment starts with the house of God first. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Donnie, I am going to restore the trust in the people for my servants. I have to make the clarion call. There are still young men and women who want to do the right thing in ministry. There are still men and women out there on the platform who want to live right. There are still men and women of God who are living with the title of pastor or minister who will, who will, who will be, do things right with their finances, who will use the pulpit to further the gospel, not their own agenda. There are still a remnant of men and women of God who want to see the earth shaken for Jesus and care about his presence more than presence. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.